I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors unfortunately lost to the Boston Celtics for the third time this season. Thank God the Raptors are done with the Celtics, um, at least for the regular season. Um... You know, and just think about it this way. The Raptors are the only reason why the Celtics are above 500, and the Celtics are the only reason the Raptors are below 500 for the season. Um, as, yeah, the Raptors lose for the third time this year to the Celtics. And, uh, you know, I hate losing to the Celtics, man. You know, I really hate losing to the Celtics. Um, but you, you got to give it to the Celtics. I mean, um, you know, sometimes you shoot 40 free throws and the other team shoots 17. And in those games, you just have to narrowly eke out a victory. Absolutely. Against half a team with, uh, you know, half the coaches, all that other stuff. You know, again, when you have 40 to 17 in free throws, you just got to take advantage. No, I mean, look, I'm a little salty about the calls. Whatever, man. Of course, you know, in close games, you know, when you really want some, of course, you're going to, you know, fix it on that. And the number is pretty hilarious. 40 to 17 is nuts. But, uh... I don't know if that necessarily was a story of the game. I think the story of the game was that the Raptors playing on the second half of back-to-back. Obviously, last night against Detroit, a really, really bad performance. I know, obviously, the circumstances are very difficult with there being a COVID outbreak on the Raptors. And if you want to give them a pass, absolutely. Uh, I think if there's any time to give a team a pass, that's the, that's the time. But they did not play well against the, the, the Celtics. Uh, they did not play well against the Pistons. Absolutely not. They made the Pistons look like the Celtics, quite frankly. Um, and 
it was good to see the Raptors bounce back. It really was because, you know, you just don't want to string together back-to-back poor performances. Of course, you have all the reasons to do so. You know, you're missing three starters, uh, three of your best defenders. Actually, not even three of your best. The, the, the three best defenders on the team are out. And so, of course, you know, defensively, the Raptors have struggled. You know, they gave up 129 to the uh, Pistons, now 132 to the Celtics. Um, you know, I get that. But um, it was just good to see the Raptors bounce back. I think the Raptors, um, I don't know. They didn't really let the circumstances get to them tonight. I think as the way they did the other night. I think they kind of, you know, against the Pistons, a lot of the role players succumbed to trying to do too much, which ironically led them to do absolutely nothing at all. Um, you know, you didn't have any sequences in this game where DeAndre Bembry was trying to drive one-on-one against the defense or Matt Thomas was jacking up bad shots or Stanley Johnson's trying to drive to the basket with no option to pass. Like, there was none of that. The Raptors ran their offense really, really consistently throughout the course of the game. They trusted in their team. And they did quite well. I mean, first off, the Raptors made 21 threes, which, <laughs> you know, I think the only two times the Raptors have lost in franchise history, despite hitting 23s, have both come um, over the last, you know, calendar month. I believe they did that to the Heat, and they lost two as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Raptors made 21 of 50 from three, and the Raptors really relied on that three-point shot to uh, keep them in the game. And, of course, you would think, well, if the Raptors made all those threes, it probably was Kyle and Norm. And those guys made their threes. I mean, Kyle was three of 11 from three, four, Norm was four of 10. That's normal, but I think what was unusual about the Raptors uh, in terms of their three-point output was a guy like Stanley Johnson hitting four of seven from three. And all four of those threes, by the way, came in the fourth quarter tonight where the Raptors were chasing the Celtics to no avail, but still chasing the Celtics the whole way. And Stanley making four threes really helped in that front. You know, you got Paul Watson coming off the bench for his three. You got Chris Boucher hitting five of nine from three. You got Terrence Davis hitting three of eight from three. You know, Aaron Baines gave you his three. I mean, Baines, low-key, I mean, obviously the, the three still looks really goofy, but uh, he's made a three in five straight games, uh, you know. So the Raptors just consistently looked for the three-point shot, and I think part of it was the Celtics do do a lot in terms of dropping their bigs back. You know, they start two centers in terms of Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson. Now, Tice was limited only seven minutes, and they went with a lot of just Thompson at center. But they also play a lot of Grant Williams. They play a lot of Robert Williams. A lot of those guys are just dropping back to the paint, which um, could also explain part of the uh, free throw disparity, although there are some bad calls, and I'll talk about those in a sec. But, um, yeah, the Raptors just consistently hunted for the three, and honestly, why not? Like, listen, um, that's a big emphasis of the Raptors' offense is to look for those threes, and I think uh, the way the Raptors were able to get into the lane to collapse the defense a little bit and then to spray it out, um, I, I like that. I, I, I like that. I mean, sometimes you you look at the number, you see 53-point attempts, you know, against only 41 two-point attempts, and you might say, well, that you know, it's relying too much on the jumper. I think relying too much on the jumper is sort of if you're just jacking up shots and you're just praying that you make it, you get hot for a little stretch and then you can get back into the game. Um, I think that's sometimes lazy offense, and it does lead to some poor results usually because you're getting long rebounds and people are running it out and stuff like that. But I think this is a the Raptors got 53s as a result of good offense. I mean, the Raptors had 36 assists as a team. They moved the ball beautifully, and yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry was a main factor in that. 19 assists for Mr. Kyle Lowry, Mr. Raptor. Uh, what more can you say about this man? I mean, look, listen, you, you know on the second half of back-to-back, Kyle Lowry with his, uh, you know, 34-year-old legs, 
are they going to always be, you know, is there going to be enough juice in his legs to uh, consistently rise up for, uh, you know, you know, for, for, for jumpers all the time? And the answer is probably not, man. I mean, there was a lot of instances tonight where Kyle Lowry came up short, shot an air ball, or got blocked outright, uh, you know. I mean, you know, I think we've seen Fred have performances like this, for example, where, you know, you're really forced to create shots, and Kyle, obviously, without Fred, really forced to create a lot of shots. And sometimes, when you're small and you're forced to create, and there's some real athletic dudes like Robert Williams, on the other side, you're going to get your shot blocked once or twice, or Jalen Brown's going to come swat you, or Tatum, or whatever, man. But, um, you know, one of these, again, one of the differences between Kyle and Fred is that Kyle can give you this type of performance with his playmaking. I mean... Towards the end of the game, the Raptors were the, the the Raptors were starting to see zones from the Celtics. Celtics generally don't use a zone like that, but they were starting to see zones from the Celtics because not necessarily because Kyle was killing them with his scoring. Kyle was was hurting them so much with his passing that the other team had to go to a zone, which I don't usually see. Right, like usually when you see a zone, it's um, you know they're trying to stop a guy from scoring. He keeps getting downhill. He gets into the basket. And you're unable to guard him one-on-one. You're unable to keep him out of the lane. You need multiple defenders. You need a system there. You need to force him to pass. You need to stop the penetration in the first place. And that's when you go to a zone, right? And we see the Raptors do that all the time. This was an instance where the the Celtics went to a zone because they couldn't stop Kyle Irie from passing the through their whole team. And it was just, I mean, A, a franchise record for, the, for Kyle Irie, 19 assists. A uh, career high for him as well. I think his previous high was 18 Um and, I mean, just look at the distribution of guys that got these assists from Kyle Lowry. I mean, Aaron Baines, he got one, two, three, four, four assists courtesy of Kyle Lowry. And listen, you know, as I've consistently said, if you set up Aaron Baines, that should count for two assists, okay? That should be eight assists from uh, in the box score just off of Aaron Baines alone. Finding Bembry for two cuts, finding Norm for a three, finding, you know, Terrence Davis for, you know, four uh, shots, including two cutting layups uh, and a three, um, you know, hitting, you know, Stanley Johnson for for threes, finding Chris Boucher for, how many times did he find Boucher, man? I'm going to have to use the control F. I can't even just count. Yeah, he found Boucher six times <laughs> for, uh, f- you know, four baskets. You know, th- three of those were, were dunks slash layups. And uh, three of those were threes. And it was just a masterful job of Kyle Lowry setting other guys up. On a night where he didn't have that much. Here's the thing. You can set up guys usually, you know, like if you're just that much of a scorer, right? Like, honestly, like Trey Young, for example. He's so deadly as a scorer. You know, you're going to have to kind of, you know, shift your defense around stopping this guy. And uh, and then, of course, when, you know, guys step up, overreact, whatever, help comes, you can throw it to guys who can finish lobs and stuff like that. And listen, it's not like the Raptors had that many guys who could finish lobs or finish that many plays, but Kyle still making 19 assists is is wild. And that that gave the Raptors structure in the in the team, whether that was in the half court, whether that was in the you know fast break. It wasn't on a fast break against the Celtics. That's part of the reason why the Raptors struggle is that they just can't get out on the break against this team. Uh, and that's so much of the Raptors scoring is on the fast break that you know you kind of need you kind of need something there. And the Raptors tried to go for a couple of steals. I think for the most part, they came up empty and that kind of burned them defensively if anything else, because guys were just getting open. But, um, you know, there was a lot of half court and for Kyle Lowry to get 19 assists, largely playing half court without 
Fred, without OG, without Pascal, and the passes that he was throwing to some of these guys, just sensational stuff, honestly. Like, it, 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 you know, what more can you say? You just have to appreciate Kyle. And again, he didn't have his legs, you know? The scoring was not there. He got blocked, air balls, and all that stuff, but... 19 assists, man. You just got to tip your hat to, you know, I, again, I, my head's too big to wear a hat, but if I if I could, I would tip it to Kyle. Um, but I think you got to give a lot of credit to the other guys stepping around him as well. Um, I think off the bench, huge difference from the other night where, like, you know, outs- it was like outside, there was some crazy stat in the Pistons game. It was like outside of Kyle, Norm, Baines, and Boucher, the rest of the team shot like 3 of 22 from the field or something like that. There was none of that today. Uh, pretty much everybody who came checked into the game was efficient for the Raptors. Obviously, the only guy who didn't shoot efficiently was Kyle uh, because he had to create a lot. But, you know, Stanley Johnson stepping it up, giving you four threes in the second half. Chris Boucher going off for 30 points, um, torching the Celtics, honestly, inside, outside. I mean, the ability for him to pop really gave the Celtics real issues because the Celtics were really loading up in the paint. And Terrence Davis, you know, he had his best game of the season uh, you know, both cutting to the basket, you know, finding the in-between gaps, and also hitting the three as well. Honestly, TD had a lot of games like this last season, which is why he won. Well, he was named to the all-rookie second team, and this year had just been completely different, the opposite for him. Um, but, you know, he, it was nice to see him get back to that level that he was at last year. But even guys like Baines, you know, like Baines had, you know, listen, in that third quarter, that's where the Raptors lost this game. The Celtics came out really strong out of halftime. They were down at half. The Celtics came out. They won the quarter, thirty-five to twenty-two. Uh, Jalen Brown was 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 hurting them a little bit. Jason Tatum was really hurting them. I mean, he had some really slick moves in that stretch, including a behind the back to evade Aaron Baines for a transition dunk to force Raptors call timeout. Uh, Tristan Thompson got a couple of baskets in that stretch. You know, they were just they were they were pouring it on in the third quarter. They were trying to win the game, and they they ultimately did win the game in the third quarter. Having said that, though, they needed some offense. And for Baines to come up with three layups in that stretch, two of those were just off broken sequences, off a weird offensive rebound and off a weird uh, loose ball where guys were tapping the ball around and Baines was just right on the spot to, uh, to, to, to you know, literally right at the basket with the ball in his hands and, and finished. Uh, that was very important. And, and, you know, he stepped up. Paul Watson came in, used his length uh, defensively a little bit, uh, hit a three as well. You know, even Bembry, you know, again, one of the things with Bembry has been a little surprising is that the turnovers the last four games, or last two games, I think maybe it's because there's been more of a pressure on him to create, but um, some of those are just also sloppy errors, and Bembry's not really a high turnover guy, I mean, realistically, the the purpose of a guy like Bembry offensively is to be a safe pair of hands to run the offense, and it's disappointing to see him have four turnovers, for example. But, I mean, honestly, it was a good effort. And I really can't blame anybody who played tonight for the Raptors. And that's why I just wanted to kind of go player by player. Obviously, I already talked about Kyle. I thought Norm was Norm was good. Norm, I mean, look, listen, 25 points on a tough defense like the Celtics is, is good. And Norm had, a, you know, he spent a lot of the games guarding Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown shot 4 of 11. Of course, he got 16 free throws, which is... Um, hilarious. The Raptors shot 17 as a whole entire team. So, of course, anytime you can give Jalen Brown 16 free throws as a referee, you just got to do it, man. You, you can't just let the man go 4 of 11. I mean, he's an all-star after all. You got to give him 16 free throws to redeem himself. But in any case, um, you know, I, I thought Norm did a decent job um, defensively. I mean, there, there were some lapses. I can't even lie. There were some lapses, and he did commit six fouls, and he fouled out. Oh, uh, but... 
you know, offensively, Norm was scorching hot to start the game as he always is. You know, that's part of why Norm's so good as a starter is that he starts off the game really well. Some players are just like that. The first quarter, they're just ready to go. I don't know what it is that Norm does as a pregame routine. Obviously, I haven't seen a game live in over a year, but um, I mean, <laughs> whatever it is, Norm was really good at starting the game. Uh, and, you know, of, of, he was making turnaround jumpers, you know, drawing fouls. Everything like that was doing it was it was doing a good job. Second half, it feels like the Celtics did a better job of converging on Norm, being more physical with him, closing harder on him. I think, honestly, this is a game where Norm could have used his uh, pump fake a little bit more just to get to the free throw line a little bit more. But overall, I mean, 25 points against a very tough Celtics defense or at least some very tough individual Celtics uh, perimeter defenders, is impressive to me, man. It really is. And I think, really, the the next step for Norm is really just, can you create more of that offense on your own? Because I think I want to see Norm be able to scale up his offense so that even when you're facing a a tough individual matchup defensively um, and they're really botting up on you, I mean, yes, you can work off ball, and, of course, that is where Norm is most efficient, absolutely. But I would like to see Norm on ball a little bit more. Can he create something? off the pick and roll, um, you know, can he get into the post and, you know, even t- hit that turnaround jumper? I mean, it, obviously we know Norm can finish effectively, catch and shoot, in transition, off cuts, everything is great. And that honestly will give him, like, <laughs> like a base of 15 points a game just off of that purely efficient offense, just 15 purely efficient uh, points just off of finishing sequences. But can he create more of that sh- uh, offense for himself because if you can do that, then you know, that makes him even more, much more valuable as, as a scorer. Um, because it would be make it'll just make it a lot harder for other teams to neutralize. And quite honestly, that's what the Raptors need. Kind of in their offense is another playmaker. I really do feel like the Raptors, even with everyone healthy, lack a bench playmaker. And again, that's the role the Raptors try to put Norman in the start of the season. And of course, he's carved out a great role with the starting unit, but. You know, in those transitional lineups, can Norm kind of carry those if he can create a little bit more? And I'm interested to see. I really am. Um, I thought Baines was really, you know, solid. Uh, you know, th- look, defensively, there are going to be limitations. When when the Raptors are doubling and then they're trying to swing and rotate, and the Celtics did a good job of moving the ball uh, out of those double teams. And when they did, there was always just one rotation short by the Raptors because... You can't expect Baines to do it. Um, that's not his game, you know? And I can't blame him for that. Like, it's just that's part of his limitations, right? Um, you know, it'd be like, I don't know, man, <laughs> blaming Chris Boucher for being too skinny to hold someone down in the post. Like, that's just kind of what it is, right? And, and that's part of a physical limitation. I don't even think you want Baines running out there. Um, but I thought Baines generally did a decent job. You know, Tristan obviously had a couple of baskets. But listen, Tristan was playing... Uh, the gaps pretty well, um, and Baines did have to show help at the basket quite a bit, considering the Raptors were a little bit small. I mean, listen, you're just not, it's not like you're not going to help when, when Brown is driving or when Tatum is driving. You need Baines to help. And so, you know, Tristan did a good job of getting open, but on the whole, I thought Baines has been solid. Honestly, the last two games have been really eye-opening in terms of Kyle Lowry and Aaron Baines working pick and roll together. Um... It's worked a lot, which is to say I didn't expect it to work at all because we haven't really seen Baines be an impact. I mean, I literally saw a stat out there that had pretty much every single big man in the NBA in terms of just 
their efficiency on pick and rolls and how much impact that has on the, on the actual offense. And it was like, you know, the, the four quadrants or whatever. Most of the players were in the top quadrant. Chris Boucher was one of the best players in the pick and roll this season. And Aaron Baines was in the bottom left quadrant. <laughs> like, by himself, man. Like, it just kind of like the defense treats him, basically. But, um, you know, he he's worked the pick and roll well with Kyle last two games. And you might say, well... You know, I mean, come on. Someone's got to score, right? But honestly, there are some things that Baines does in terms of when he rolls, he makes sure to seal his man. So it's not that hard to throw it to him. He does have a decent little sweeping hook shot. It's not pretty, but again, it's functional. And, you know, he's popping off for three as well. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. I think Aaron Baines has done a good job the last few games. He collected some offensive rebounds as well. Uh, Stanley, I thought his, you know, his, obviously you definitely, it was a good idea to start him absolutely by Sergio Scariolo. I think you really needed, uh, obviously perimeter defense against, you know, Brown and, uh, and Tatum, especially with Walker out there as well. He started Bembry. Bembry was getting covered by, uh, you know, was covering Walker, which is usually something that Fred does, but Bembry did a decent job there. Um, but you know, you needed Stanley out there and I thought Stanley did a really good job guarding you know, of course, he gave us some early fouls because, you know, whatever, you can't touch the Celtics uh, star players. But at the same time, Stanley's physicality on defense is something that I've always appreciated. I think he's had a really nice year this year in terms of when he's getting, uh, you know, has had some chances to play. And, you know, it, it was a little confusing to me that he got passed up in the rotation. I understand U2 was having a great, not even a great run, but he was giving them solid contributions as well. I'd even mind if you kind of platoon the two of them, but. In a game like this, where you really need some on-ball defense against some wing players, Stanley Johnson has consistently shown this season that he can do something. And he did something tonight. And, of course, on top of the fact that he's hit the three as well. Now, of course, nobody guards him on the three. And, of course, it's totally different to just hit the three versus to be guarded from three. It's way more important. Well, it's it's always important to make the shot, but it's more important um, to be guarded from three as well. Because that, that changes the way the defense can play. But Stanley has been solid in terms of his three-point shooting this year. And again, it's very low volume. But Stanley, you know, on the season is at 40%. He is at shooting squarely 20 from twenty for 50 from the three-point line. Which you might say, okay, that's very few attempts. I mean, honestly, Stanley for his career has never even shot better than 31% from three on the season. The fact that he's hitting uh, 40% is something, man. It really is something. And I, I hope that it continues. He was very confident in the fourth quarter. Again, that's part of the thing. When everyone's out, you, someone's got to take the shots. Stan was very confidently rising up into those threes. Some of those, th- even his last three, his fourth three was like 30 feet out. Like he was like three, four steps behind the three-point line. So at the top of the floor. So I, I liked Stanley's effort. I've liked Stanley's game this whole season. Um, and I hope that he can kind of carry this over. I hope the coaching staff sees that what he what he can bring is very valuable. At the minimum, he's going to give you defense and physicality, which is something the Raptors bench sometimes lacks. Um, Boucher, obviously, you know, 30 points. Again, he's done this to the Celtics before. He's had big games against them. Um, and, yeah, I think his ability to pop changes so much for his game because, you know, the defense obviously is always going to try to sag back. And Boucher's ability to play in the perimeter has been good. And, honestly, Boucher had a really, really nice play today where – Ball rotated out to Boucher. Boucher pump faked. The guy went by him. And then Boucher put the ball on the floor. One hard dribble. Two long steps. And then a smooth finger roll. Finished right at the basket. And that's that's some real skill right there. And, it, you know, he obviously shows great dexterity. 
Uh, he also does a good job of cutting. And again, if you play with Kyle Lowry, you're going to get good looks. And if, if Kyle Lowry can set up Aaron Baines four times, he could definitely set up Chris Boucher six times. You know what I mean? So uh, the, the two of them have always worked well in the pick and roll together. And even towards the end of the game, man, that's again, that's the central action the Raptors are running. The pick and roll between Kyle Lowry and Chris Boucher. And the Celtics had to zone that. So that's, I think that is a bit of an accomplishment. I really do. I obviously, I really enjoyed Boucher's game tonight. 30 points. I think the real issue is defensively, teams can still get at this guy. And if you notice what the Celtics are doing for a large part of the, the second half of the third quarter when Boucher checked in and the f- entire fourth quarter, which I think he played the whole fourth quarter, if not for like some small, short bits of respite. But um, the Celtics were targeting him in pick and roll every single time. And you might say, well, listen, the, you're always going to use the center in the pick and roll usually, right? But... Um, it, it was a lot of Boucher targeting, and he did foul out at the very end. And, you know, he is a little bit slender. And when, when bigger wings drive into him, you know, a guy like, you know, I mean, he's he's not even that much taller than a guy like Brown or Tatum. And those guys are definitely stronger. So when they put their shoulder into him, they can kind of finish around them, kind of give up some fouls that way. You know, I think that's that's the next step for Boucher is to get more sound defensively because I think offensively he's already someone who can really impact the game and he's shown that and then even Terrence you know I, I just don't understand why he had so much was so many struggles early in the season it felt like he was always pressing every single time he came into the game he was always trying to do too much gambling defensively is a sign of doing too much you know taking bad shots offensively is a sign of doing too much and today is right up there in terms of this game and that Timberwolves game where he only played the fourth quarter in terms of his effectiveness. Like, he can cut, he can shoot, and that's what the Raptors need from their bench is someone to come in and score. And, you know, Terrence did a good job of that tonight. So, uh, again, it's really, he has the ability. It's just uh, finding consistency there. Uh, And hopefully he's okay because he twisted his foot at the end of the game on a drive by uh, Jeff Teague. I think defensively, obviously, that's something really to be worked on, but... Um, yeah, right now I think the bigger concern is his ankle and if he's okay to play. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the other issues is just that the Raptors just, you know, in this group, again, when you miss three of your best defenders, uh, you're just not going to be able to defend that well. And the Celtics did shoot 60.8% from the field. Jesus Christ. They shot, Look at l- listen to the stat line. They shot 60.8% from the field, 44.8% from three, and they got to the free throw line 40 times. And, of course, they didn't miss a whole bunch of them. But still, that's a ridiculously efficient output offensively. And, of course, you know, with the Raptors being shorthanded, second half of back-to-back, um, this group rarely plays together. You can kind of see where that went wrong. But, you know, the Raptors still f- <laughs> they, they fought. I mean, they really, really fought. They were in it towards the end. It was a three-point game. It was a four-point game. And then when it was at that time is when you started looking at the free throw disparity and you just got to say, like, listen, man, rest, you got to do something to balance out the game. Like, you know, it was getting ridiculous. Honestly, you know, some tough calls at the end there. Um, I think it was a six-point game with a few minutes left. Norm Powell drives, uh, you know, from the baseline against the Celtics in rotation. Uh, Kemba Walker steps in for a charge, except you can clearly see Kemba still moving, and not even just like moving to like you know straighten his body or whatever. He's moving to the spot still, and he's out of position. That should have been called a block, and Kyle, and Norm should have had a chance to get an and one, if not just two free throws, which of course he's going to make both because he's shooting like ninety five percent from the free throw line. Um, but you know 
that was a really pivotal call. There was a you know multiple plays where Boucher was getting hacked at the basket, no call, threw tons of contact, no call. Uh, he sh- he made a pick and pop three in the in the fourth quarter where the Celtics Jason Tatum closed out late and hard, and his hand mangled Chris Boucher's hand um, on the closeout, and no foul calls there. Even though Boucher was wincing and holding his hand, maybe he should have fallen over like Tatum does, and, and you know drawn the foul that way. Although realistically, I probably not, and the Celtics probably would have gotten out in transition instead. So I'm happy at least Boucher played honestly. But th- those are some calls that frustrate you, and then of course even when you know, for you know, third quarter, Tatum is trying to cut through the lane. Kyle Lowry's on him, and Kyle's at the spot first. And Tatum uses his shoulder, run straight through Kyle, and it's you know, it's called a foul on Kyle. They re- they review it on review. You can clearly see who initiates contact, who puts their shoulder into the other person, who creates the whole contact for the play, and still the whistle is upheld. So frustrating night but I, I mean again I, I can't be surprised like literally you've seen the Raptors at least four or five times this season where they've had half the number of free throw attempts by the other team but I mean of course the Celtics were playing great offensively I don't want to take anything away from them like I think you know th- it's clear that across the board they got great shots and that's what kind of hurt the Raptors but still I mean 40 to 17 like give your head a shake man that's ridiculous so terms of your three stars from tonight man first I get to Kyle I don't care I know he shot poorly, 5 of 18, but again, the defense was really keyed in on him. But 19 assists, franchise record in 40 minutes. Kyle Lowry, you know, the GOAT, the Raptors' GOAT. Um, You know, he's only five points back of clearing Chris Bosh for second all-time in Raptors scoring. You know, catching DeMar will take a few more years, and we'll see what happens. But, uh... Wow, I mean, you know, it's fantastic. Obviously, Kyle's already the franchise leader and assists. He overtook uh, Jose for that quite a while ago. But, um, I mean, damn, 19 assists, 14 points. It's it's again, it's it's more impressive because it's not like you had 19 assists playing on you know the uh, you know an all star level cast. You know, it's not like he was passing to Jason Tatum for or or, or Jalen Brown. Although I guess you can't really get assists on free throws, so you wouldn't get that either. But um, I mean, like, look at the breakdown. Six assists to Boucher, two assists to Bembry, you know, four assists to Terrence, four assists to Baines. You know, finding Stanley, you know, uh, finding Norm. Like, Kyle did it all, man. And, yeah, good night for, I mean, not good night necessarily. I, I would have wished he scored better, but the 19 assists is undeniable. Second star, you know, a lot of ways places to go with this. I'm going with Chris Boucher, 30 points, five rebounds. The shot making was just sensational. 11 of 15 from the field, five of nine from three. So that means he made a perfect six of six from the two point range. Uh, only got four free throws, uh, five rebounds. You wish the rebounding was a little bit better in addition to his rim protection. But I mean, 30 points, uh, you know, that's, that's a fantastic output. And then that was your third star, you know. Uh, I think Norm deserves some credit. He faded in the second half, but he had, he, you know, he he really had in the first half. Honestly, Baines gave him some solid minutes. Stanley came on strong in the end, but you got to give it to Terrence. I think Terrence, I mean, this is his best game of the season. 22 points, three rebounds, four assists. And again, it's just unfortunate that he twisted his ankle at the end. So uh, the All-Star break is coming at a great time. Hopefully, um, you know, Raptors can use this opportunity to, to regroup. Uh, reset a little bit, get some bodies back. If there are positive tests, which we do know that, um, thanks to thanks to thanks to Shams Rania for, for for some reason putting the Raptors on blast. Even though um, you know every team has been affected by COVID this year pretty much, and uh, no other team has said, oh yeah, there's just like 
you know, a, a huge outbreak or whatever because the coach didn't put on his mask. I mean, listen, the coach should put on his mask. Absolutely. It's disappointing that it, that comes from a coach. It's more understandable from players because coaches are obviously like, you know, 40, 50 years old. They should be more responsible. Um, but in, in any case, it, it's they're playing through a global pandemic. Things are going to happen. I, I didn't really like the fact that, that that Shams just called the Raptors out. I mean, listen, if you're going to call everyone else out and tell tell us how the outbreaks happened in all these other, like, 25-plus teams that have had outbreaks, I'd love to hear it. I don't know how Jason Tatum got COVID. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that. In any case, though, um, if there are positive tests, and we do know there are some, um, they have sometimes taken a while to come back. I mean, Tatum missed quite a stretch there. Um, you know, we've seen, like, Drew Holiday miss, like, 20-plus days. Uh... You know, so we'll see. Carl Anthony Towns, for example, missed um, almost a month, I think, as well. So we'll, we'll see. Of course, it's, it's a case by case basis. Hopefully, everyone's okay. The Raptors have, you know, the All Star break coming up. No one's going to the All Star game. No one's participating. Um, so hopefully, the Raptors can get some bodies back because, you know, listen, man. I mean, the the East is like this this year. If you if you go on a four game losing streak, you're you're out of the playoffs. If you if you go on a four game win streak, you might be getting home court. So. Um, you know, it's very important that the Raptors continue to push. Um, obviously, the 2-8 and eight start really, really hurt them. But um, as the Raptors do, they made a huge comeback. And they got over 500. Now they're like, under due to COVID again. Um, you just got to keep pushing. I don't know. This is a weird season. And, you know, it's obviously very, very hard on the players. They deserve this break. They deserve, honestly, more time to play it out. But, again, unique circumstances and all of that. So, uh, and, and, oh yeah, Gerald Henderson award winner. I mean, that's got to go. It's got to go to Grant Williams for me. Uh, Seventeen points from Grant. He's not really a scorer, but he just hurt the Raptors. Man, seven of nine, three of four from the three point line, torched the Raptors. I mean, you, you can go on a number of places. Jeff Teague had a really nice night. You know, whatever. Robert Williams seems to hurt the Raptors quite a bit, but it's Grant Williams, I think, because at, at least I know Teague has been historically a skilled player. Peyton Pritchard, we've seen what he's done to the Raptors this year. And it's not like Grant Williams isn't a skilled player, but he's just not a guy who is that offensively savvy. So for him to shoot 7 on 9, including from some threes, is uh, just hurtful. But, I mean, low-key, he did this last year in the playoffs, too. So, uh, you know, I'm not that surprised either. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. So, yeah, no no, no games. So, obviously, no reaction podcast coming up. Um, you know, I will still be around to do a live call-in show next week. Um, you know, still do a weekly podcast as well. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out Run It Back this week. Me and Alex, we were joined by legendary broadcaster Jack Armstrong, who came on the podcast or came on our show to talk about the first half of the season and also talk about movies and stuff. You know, Jack, very personal dude, man. Um, you know, so huge salute to Jack. He's obviously come on the podcast before as well, but um, yeah, you know, big supporter. Uh, of, of me and Alex, and we're really appreciative of his time. Um, what else? You know, watch Raptors group chat. Listen, just 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 click on our content, okay? Listen, I know sometimes the Raptors lose, and you don't necessarily want to hear it, whatever. Um, and I, you know, it, it takes some effort. But even if the Raptors lose, and you don't want to hear from me, just hit play and then stop it, and that'll count as a play. Just do, just you know, don't punish me. Punish punish the punish the Raptors. <laughs> Don't punish me, please. I'm just trying to do my best here. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, go enjoy this time off yourself. I mean, listen, if you want to watch the dunk contest with uh, Obi Toppin, Cassius Stanley, and uh, Anthony Simons, you know, maybe, uh, I mean, whatever, man. It's a, it's a dunk contest. Of course, you might want to watch. But 
Um, you know, All Star Weekend's gonna be quite short, and honestly, just a week off will probably be good, just even for fans, just because like the schedule's been hectic, man. They play like every every other game, like they somehow have four games every single week. So take some time off, go enjoy the Toronto weather. At least it seems like here it's starting to give you that like false spring feeling, where it's like just a constant pump faking of like ah, oh, one day is like seven degrees, and the next day is like minus five with like wind. I don't understand why wind is so cold. Um, it's really a scam. Why is wind so cold? But um, in any case, uh, go outside, you know, <laughs> get some fresh air. Maybe that's just for my advice for myself because I'm always trapped in this room talking about the Raptors. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 been a difficult season, obviously, because of all the circumstances. But they're fighting through it. I think you should respect the boys for doing that. And, uh yeah, let's cheer them on the second half. So thanks everyone for listening once again. Rate, review, subscribe, and uh, catch you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.